This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for November 2nd, episode 2547, brought to you by Kevin Equine. Good morning, horse people. No opening music this morning because... I'm just going to say happy anniversary. <gasps> Yay. Oh, my God, dude. Are you kidding me? We, yesterday was 10 years. Yesterday was 10 years. And are you impressed that we, one of us actually remembered this year? I am impressed. <laughs> I, I think I would have eventually, but you beat me to it. You're, you know, an early Do you know zone. why I remembered and the only reason I remembered in my current adult state? Facebook memories. Exactly. <laughs> it brought up the one from three years ago. Uh, so it brought up our seventh year anniversary. And I went, well, wait a minute. It's November 1st. So we started the show November 1st of 2020. No, uh, and we're 10 years into this now. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's I don't crazy. know that I'd still be doing it if you, you weren't the one still doing it, to be honest. So. Well, I mean, congratulations to me because <laughs> I've never had a radio job that lasted over two years because that's the length of contracts in radio, my friends. And uh, that's how life is. And um, yay, I have held a job for 10 <laughs> years. Are you kidding me? I haven't got fired yet. I haven't done anything to like really piss you off. Like, oh my God. What is going on? Who am I? I don't even know. We've only gotten mad at each other a couple times over the years, and it's been stupid little stuff, just like being married. <laughs> it's always I didn't even remember, so see, I, I don't remember my, what my they brain. were either. I remember it's just been little stuff, but uh, yeah, we've done 2,550 episodes. Ironic, uh, that's uh, today. I, you know, I think our episode number is actually wrong. I think it's 2,550 today. Uh, 6,000 guests. Um 50,000 plus in prizes we've given out. Well, their podcast has given away $50,000 in prizes. Uh, none. <laughs> one that gave away a Ferrari. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't exactly. know that one, but I, would, I was trying to think of what would Probably be. Probably Joe Rogan's, about. you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, thousands of really bad ads. Too, too, way too many to even count. Tons of question first world problems. And it's been 1,785 hours of programming. Number of ads. God, how many ads have we done in this time? Because we had sponsors from the beginning. So, yeah. you know, unlike most podcasts that only get them two or three years in. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I'm so frustrated with the world of podcasting right now because I actually just recently started listening to podcasts, like, like within the last year, and I'm so frustrated with how many disappear. Oh, yeah. Well, and they'll, they're the, on, you get really into something and then they're gone then, and, and they don't tell you anything. They're just, they're coming back and then they never come back. They never come back. The number is still, I read this just the other day, the number is still 85% of podcasts that start are done within six months. Wow. They, they pod fade. It's called pod fading. There's an official term for that. And it's uh, done within six months. What is it called when the podcasts get bigger and bigger and bigger? But like if pod fading is disappearing, is it like. Pod crescendo. I don't know. I couple, come up with a couple dirty things, but I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> well, tell us what's on today. We're going to talk more about this. We got a bunch of uh, auditor questions about the show and uh, things about the show that we're going to answer in our first half hour here. But what's coming up later in the show? You know what I'm going to do today is I'm going to try to see if I can get fired. <laughs> 
There you is go. that yeah. cool? Like, the way I, I mean, feel right now, that wouldn't be hard. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably just ignore everything anyway. <laughs> uh, today, we are going to answer listener questions about the show. We've been searching out, trying to find auditors and listeners that have bought COVID ponies or COVID horses. And today, Caroline bought a COVID pony and a COVID farm. Yeah, she wins uh, the award. <laughs> yeah, Equestrian First World Problems and Deanne from Horse Nation is going to come in and talk about some stories. So uh, that's coming up. Thank you very much. I'm going to ask you a favor today, and I'll explain why in a second. Uh, I'm going to ask you to do do my daily Winnie birthdays for me today. But okay. I'll, I'll play it here. I do apologize. Hold on. Gotta play the music. Okay, go. Uh, I do apologize to all the people whose names I pronounce correctly, because I know you're expecting <laughs> it being said wrong. I, I can come up. It's Brennan Dennis. <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> That's good. That's perfect. My, I can't even say Michaela wrong. Michaela Weebeb. Web, <laughs> Mackenzie Jabali, Courtney Dew, and the designer of our terrific logo, Sherry Wood, new auditors, Tamira Smith, Jill Giannoni, Raised Pledges, Andrea McCullough, and Melissa Sandness, Tracy Liguri, Lisa Nilsson, Alex Hamilton, and Vicki Rucker. It does not help that Glenn spelled some of these wrong, <laughs> so it took me a minute. Sorry. <laughs> uh, thank you. I appreciate the help today. Uh, Ellie Sasa. <laughs> You know what, Glenn? This show just continues to cause me trouble. And I'll tell you why. Because we get people on and they're interviewed and then I learn things and now I'm addicted to certain things. You recall last week when I talked about the internet horse auction, the sport horse auction, where I might have had a little too much to drink and got overly competitive oh, yeah, thinking it was last... like an eBay auction and I bid on a horse in North Carolina. Yeah, the last, it was Wednesday we were last on and uh, you were at $1,300. Why do I remember that i don't remember anything else but you were at thirteen hundred dollars and you were the winning bidder at that point and at that point i'm like why the next morning <laughs> i woke up and i was like i kind of still liked him you know i mean obviously i did but i was thinking you know it's gonna cost me two thousand dollars to ship him here and all of a sudden i'm at it basically anyway the math was not working out in my brain. Uh, and I was really regretting it. And I would like to say congratulations to the winning bidder. I did not end up buying the horse. So that was fantastic. Yay. I got outbid. He ended up going for like 3,500 bucks or something. Oh, wow. So you got way outbid. So you didn't have to feel bad. No, no, no. It's yeah. fine. So somebody who pays that much going to give them a nice home. Uh, and then, unfortunately, I found that there was the thoroughbred sport horse auctions that had just started. Okay. Oh, no. It's the November mixed sale for thoroughbreds. So I was like, well, I have to look. It's part of my job. I, I've been up since four, Glenn. I, this is what I do. I with did my notice time you were posting sleep. on Facebook and I looked at the time and I said, it's got to be four o'clock her time. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I know I was, I was up. Uh, so here's the thing. I started looking through these horses that are online and the first like 20 of them are in Oklahoma. Oh no. And I thought, well, I can't just not go look. <laughs> so I sent him an email and uh, he's like, yeah, come on out. No problem. So Abby and I drove two and a half hours one way to go look at all these thoroughbreds. And he had a bunch of like two, three, four-year-old geldings, even a five-year-old gelding, I think. 
And so we went there. Oh my gosh, this place, I would imagine 30, 25 years ago was hip hop happening, man, because like it had this huge covered arena stalls all around the edges, the indoor, and you could see that there was like bleachers on the side and this place used to be, but it is not anymore. And it is really worn down. And there's just a couple cowboys that work there. And I'm like, what? He's like, I just don't have time. Cause I was like, why are you selling all your horses in an auction? He's like, look around, look how many horses I have. <laughs> he goes, by the time I get done feeding and I go eat lunch, it's time to come out and feed again. I can't get anything done. I can't find any help. So I'm putting all the horses on the auction. Like, and he put like 15 up, but there was probably Abby, how many horses do you think he had? Hundreds, she said. Hundreds. <laughs> I mean, it looked like a feedlot. So he had brought up the geldings and, you know, brushed them a little bit. And we took each one down to the round pen, sort of. They didn't even lead, Glenn. We're talking four and five year old, three, two, three, four, oh, five so year old. He really didn't touch them. <laughs> He can't. I mean, he's like, I just, I can't do it. I can't get it done. I guess it was his dad's place and they're just, you know, trying to keep their head above water. This was the nicest, gentlest, sweet cowboy of a man. I mean, he was so impressive and I just felt so sorry for the situation that he had got himself in or found himself in, depending on, I didn't get into the details of the family. Um, but I started looking around and I'm like, these horses are wild as deer. And you know, the thing is they're incredibly well-bred. There's a couple babies that are by, um, who was it? Who was it? Abby, uh, ridiculously well-bred. Oh, I, AP Indy grandsons. Oh, wow. Yeah. Indy express was the sire and the, his dad was AP Indy. So there's like a bunch of AP Indy grandsons there, uh, that I looked at and granddaughters and they're auctioning all of them off. And, um, they're all going for like $750, but I just thought I can't, I can't feasibly take one of these horses because they don't lead. They're basically feral at this point. You know, they have a wild Mustang on. at this point, right? They're wild yeah. Mustangs. And just the amount of time and money that it would take to invest in getting these horses trained up to sport horses would be just insane. And God Dang it, I can't quit thinking of one of them. And I, it's, yeah. I'm like losing sleep over this one particular horse that I saw. And I'm not telling you a-holes the name because you'll go bid on him and then steal him away from me. And I'm trying not he doesn't have any bids and I'm trying to get him to be not bid on. So then I can just go get him. Well, yeah, free. you can justify if you pay $500 or $250. I'm, I'm thinking uh, you want less numbers. I'll take this one. He's wild. I mean, they are <laughs> wild, Glenn. And this was the wildest one of, of course, of course, of course, yeah. but confirmation, hot dang. <clears throat> but then again, a, you know, the wildest one should end up with somebody who knows what to do with them. He said, he was like, he was like, I hope these horses go to women because women are just so much more gentle with horses. And I, and he was just, you know, like you roll up to a place like that in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, and you expect some misogynistic cowboy jerk face, you know? <laughs> and like, he was delightful, just delightful. And, and I was super realistic about what was going on at his facility. Unfortunately, I did look at some other horses and he's not super realistic about the prices of other ones <laughs> because there was a little gray filly I really liked. And there was a yearling that was amazing. And he still kind of has racehorse, you know, there's racehorse prices and then there's 
non-racehorse thoroughbred Well, there's prices. in training prices and not in training prices. I exactly. Mean, yeah, yeah. And, and, and horses, once, the, once they're retired and they're done, they have a different value. And, oh, my God, please don't breed anymore. Like, I mean, there's the, the two that I liked were, were mares. And I was like, he's like, oh, maybe I'll just breed them. I'm like, no, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Anyway, you can find all those horses on the Internet horseauctions.com and I'm going to I am so angry with Jennifer for initially booking Tim Jennings on the show to talk about the uh pony auction because now they're having another pony auction Glenn <laughs> she could take fall babies <laughs> well uh and you're not going to tell us the name are you of the one of the one I like no, 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 no. hell to the so. no <laughs> because he has no bids and there's a lot of them that have no and bids. Chad's so. away right now. So there we go. That's uh, yes, he is. Yeah. Chad is back to work. He's flying. So I, I mean, I don't have to, if I could brought home a dog or a cat or a goat, we would have a problem. But if I brought him a horse, he's like, well, yeah, you've been deal. Doing pretty good at finding homes of the horses. Well, let's, uh, let's get to some anniversary stuff. First, I wanted to apologize for no show on Friday. That was kind of unexpected. I ended up back in the hospital for a bunch of tests and they finally figured out what's wrong with me. So, um, and they found out, they found, Wendy had the big, best comment on this, by the way. They found out I have an infection, um, and also diverticulitis, which I didn't know anything about, but apparently is very painful. So I know a lot about that now. Uh, but, uh, they had an infection kind of near where my, uh, surgery was. And a pus-filled infection, which I've been waiting to say all weekend because you people put me through torture on this show talking about <laughs> horse crap. So, yes, I had a pus-filled infection, which I did send the pictures to Jamie so that she would see it. Yes, uh, pictures are, didn't happen, Glenn. I need to see a pus-filled diverticulitis <laughs> uh, Did you see that? Did you see that was. picture? It of course was I there. did. Yeah, it was there. Uh, there was evidence. Because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, Jennifer I wouldn't even anything. look. Jennifer, who I, deals with every horse affliction there is, wouldn't even look. It's totally different, Glenn. <laughs> I actually hit it as soon as I saw it. I was like, that's enough of that. Okay. I kind of didn't want to see it either, but he shoves it in your face after they, you come out of the you know anesthesia and says, here, this is what you got going on. So uh, basically, uh, I was like uh, four or five days away from septic. So, and from what I hear about that, that ain't good. Um, never ends well. So I'm glad they caught it. I'm two kinds of antibiotics now. I started two days ago. I would like to say I'm better, but I had the most miserable night I've ever had last night. Um, so hopefully I, th I would say I'm a little bit better. You know, I'm getting better. I can eat again with, but I'm on, uh, and I'm not on uh, narcotics anymore. I'm just on Tylenol, but I can't be without my Tylenol all the time. Uh, but down from narcotics to Tylenol, I would say I'm probably better, right? Um, and now I just had my blood pressure. My blood pressure was so low when I went in, uh, to get anesthesia, they wouldn't do it. Uh, it was, uh, 90 over 60 and they gave me two bags of fluid and then they, they were able to do it. But, uh, so I'm trying to get that up and get healthy again, but, but reading those names wouldn't have happened today. So thank you for covering me there. I'm going to try and do the shows. We're going to try and get a week in here. Um, but, uh, that's why we couldn't do Friday and I do apologize. Um, but we have some listener questions, <clears throat> and hopefully we can get through some of these. The others that we don't get through, uh, we will do in the post-show for the auditors. Uh, these were questions that were put to us about our show over the years. It's our anniversary. thought that would be fun. Chantel said, what made you want to do a live show? Well, Jamie had yeah. always done live shows. <laughs> you were always doing live shows. Because um, we were in real radio, that's the only show you did was live shows. 
And that was before the day when you were in radio when they were actually putting them out recorded. They were just live. You didn't hear them live. You were done, right? We had a seven-second delay, Glenn, to cut catch. And that actually only started about four or five years in to my radio career once the FCC upped the fines for swearing. Um, so <laughs> to then all of a sudden dollars. everybody had a seven-second <laughs> seven delay. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like half a million dollars or something ridiculous. <laughs> So I, you know, I did Stable Scoop first and had been doing that for a couple of years. We started the eventing show. So we had a number, I, the 2010 radio show. I had done uh, the WEG show for the WEG in Kentucky with Samantha uh, before I ever met you, actually, uh, and before I ever did a live show. So I was doing Stable Scoop in the 2010 show, and then Chris was doing a couple of the other shows. So we had like five shows going in the first two years. She who shall <coughs> not be named. <laughs> um, and I just always wanted to do a live show. I always wanted to do a live morning radio show, but I didn't want to go through the hassle of going and trying to get a show on radio, which was extremely difficult. And you start out in the smallest markets and do all of that. And I didn't know what the hell I'd even talk about. Well, if you, I, I used to work at Star 94 on Saturday mornings. I also did the 6 to 10 a.m. That was like my training for being a DJ. And across the hall at 6 a.m., oh, it was Sports Talk 790 The Zone, okay? Which I think if you were outside the building, you couldn't hear it. Like, <laughs> it was so small. It had that 2,000 transmitter instead of the 50,000-watt transmitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And so um, I used to always watch... From my window, I could see in the window of the studio, the sports talk studio, and I would watch Bob and the Rodman home show Saturday mornings <laughs> on Sports Talk 790 The Zone. And Bob and the Rodman were like turned into like grandpas for me. Oh my God, I loved them. But it was great. I would see them every every Saturday morning at 6 a.m. Bob and the Rodman. Bob would make coffee. That was it. What do you want me to? What else do you want me to tell you? <laughs> well, I thought is that all he did on the show? He made coffee and that was it. <laughs> I, I didn't know what they talked about home improvement stuff and I was over across the hall playing pop music. <laughs> well, I had always wanted to do Talking that. Talking about the seventy two <laughs> degrees in Atlanta. Watch out, we got a traffic red alert on eighty five southbound making your way through the Grady Curve. Okay, that's what I did. By the way, here's pink. Uh, so I wanted to do a live show. I always wanted to do a live show and I wanted to do a daily show, which was crazy back then because the technology was not there. Um, there was one way we could do it and that was blog talk radio. And that was the only way we could do a daily show back then. There just wasn't technology for it. Um, uh, so, um, I just wanted to do it. Well, I finally got it in my mind that I wanted to do this live show. It had to be after WEG because I was still doing the WEG show and that was going to be intensive coverage. And it was. So and it was fun to do. Uh, so when I knew I wanted to plan it after WEG, and it was we actually started right after WEG. But uh, I'd been planning it for six months. And I knew we had to have sponsors to start it because it was going to be expensive. Um, just the technology was going to cost us, you know, a lot more than the other shows were costing, the recorded shows. So that's uh, when we started researching and finding Jamie. And we told that show just story just recently, so we won't go through that again. But Hold on one second, Glenn. If you are caller number 25 to 404-741-9400, <laughs> you will get two tickets to the World Equestrian Centers. Good luck! <laughs> so we... Uh, 
we did the interview process and <laughs> got so Jamie in there, and uh, we started the show November first of uh, twenty ten. But that's uh, it was crazy to start one then because there wasn't a lot of them, and daily was crazy because it was a lot of work. Jennifer was still not working full time with me either, so it was you know it was pretty much me doing all the work back then. We didn't have a staff. Uh, Coming up in just a minute, we're going to sit down with Gavin Rossdale and also hear a little bit about Gwen Stefani and her weekend (laughs) shopping at the Perimeter Square Mall. Well, and I have a special treat for everybody tomorrow. (laughs) Jamie's going to hate me for this. Coming up the Goo Goo Dolls. (laughs) So special treat tomorrow. We had four people that auditioned for this show. To be honest, I kind of knew who was getting hired, but um, I, I had told the others that they had a shot. So uh, I, I we had them do an episode of Stable Scoop. They had to book the guests. They had to do the interviews. I co-hosted, I think. I went back and actually found a sound from that episode. Uh, this would have been back in October of 2010. It was an episode of Stable Scoop that Jamie and I did together. You set up the guests, and we're going to play that for everybody tomorrow. It's basically Jamie's audition tape. Minus one interview, because I I screwed it up. Um, um, yeah, so. it's only that uh, Todd <laughs> Pletcher interview that you lost. I legit booked Todd Pletcher. He thought he was coming on HRRN, which yeah. is Horse Racing Radio Radiant Network. Network. <laughs> Didn't realize he was on... HRN, Horse <laughs> Radio Network, and did the whole interview with me. And um, at the end, well, let's was like, be honest, so it was happy. about five minutes. He was in his truck. Remember, <laughs> it was it was. A I true... don't remember because I haven't <laughs> heard it in ten years, Glenn. Well, you're not going to hear it tomorrow because I lost it. Um, technology was different then. We didn't have all the bells and whistles we do now. So yeah, we're uh, we're going to play that. You're going to hear Jamie's audition tape tomorrow. And I guarantee you 99.9% of you haven't heard it. So that, that'll be tomorrow's Horses in the Morning. So listen then. Uh, have you got clips from old episodes? Yeah, you can go back and listen to them all 10 years. We've uh, got all the episodes. <laughs> yeah. You can go back and listen to horsesinthemorning.com. When did we quit Blog Talk? Because that About was the worst audio. years ago, I think. It's been almost five years since we clipped. That was expensive, too. It was expensive to do blog talk. And it was the worst. And basically, it sounds like we're like... It was AM radio. On an AM dial. And you were on the outer fringes of the listening area. Exactly. (laughs) And people would say, what do you do for a living? And I'd say, "Ah, I'm in between jobs. (laughs) Because I didn't want to tell anybody. Because they'd be like, I'm going to go listen. And and it wasn't us. We had good mics. We had the same mics we do now. (laughs) It was just them. They were were terrible. But it was the only way we could do it. When we went from, this is an inside story. When we went from blog talk, I had one computer uh, to do blog talk radio. And when we... When I finally figured out how we could do it ourselves and found all the pieces, I had four computers to do the same thing, all tied together through a very large mixer. And and I paid hundreds of dollars to get people to help me figure that out. That's uh, why we call you Glenn the Geek. So it was, it was a transition, but it ended up being cheaper uh, for all of our expenses for doing the show than it was when we were in both Blog Talk. Blog Talk was costing us like $400 a month for that crappy sound. Um, and, but, you know, I had to go out and do, make an investment. We had to make an investment, but the technology just wasn't caught up. It's when we found call in studio and some of the other things, uh, our live feed and all of that was, became available at that time that we could start doing live. And that was never available before. So 
Uh, Sally asked how much financial investment was it at first. It was a lot. This was the most expensive show we had. However, we had sponsors from the beginning. And those sponsors took a chance. I mean, I think our first episode, we maybe had a 1,000 downloads. I would like to personally thank the Jane Company for spending time with us during the holiday season, giving away some fabulous Why do we thank, uh, go back and rewind jewelry. that and thank Kentucky Performance Products and Omega Alpha Equine, because they were our first. They were our two, yeah. Yeah, they were our and, first. And back on track. And back on track also. was there. Yeah, back in the be- yeah. very beginning. Shane Company for those who listen to radio at all, get the fact that the Shane Company is the number one radio advertiser there is. Hi, the Shane Company. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So ROI, we actually had a little bit at the beginning, um, but it, without those sponsors, we wouldn't have been able to do the show. It was too expensive. It took me a minute to figure ROI means return on investment. investment yes, I figured it out, Abby. I, I'm actually not sure it still ever had one, but you know, we'll we'll. Uh, We'll go with that. Sally said, how did you market the show to first get noticed? Well, we did have two years. We had multiple shows on the network, so we did have listeners. Uh, this would have been tough to do had we started from scratch. If we had started- Glenn, I remember how excited we were when finally we got 100 listeners. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I just looked back at our first episode. Now, most of the records are gone because we've switched providers and everything. And I, I can't get the blog talk anymore. Uh, so I think we had about 2,000 downloads total to our first episode. Um, That's two thousand people that never checked back in. <laughs> ever. So it was uh, it was it was tough in the beginning, but we did we did have listeners from the, the Wegg show and from Stable Scoop, so a lot of them came over. So I would I wouldn't have done this had it not we had we not had some listeners at the beginning, and none, none of the sponsors would either. Let's be honest, they wouldn't have done it either. Um, when you decided to take a leap and begin the show, did you just jump? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, did you even care if it was successful? Yes, we did. I would say we cared from the beginning if it was successful or not, because I had sponsors to answer yeah, but to. Well, you had sponsors, but also the fact that we were just trying to put out a good product was the first, and we just figured people would come along eventually. And by you the know, way, like, that it wasn't rule like- is still true in podcasting. You still need to just put out good content for people to show up. It's still yeah. true. But you're good right. And consistent and the sound has to be good. And But we didn't worry about it. wasn't immediately like, oh, my God, we got to please. Because uh, Omega Alpha, Back on Track, and Kentucky Performance Products were along for the ride. And thank God and they I, were. I think they were also proud to be at the beginning. They wanted to be at the beginning of something. I especially know that about Kentucky Performance Products. They were excited. And and so was, you know, Omega Alpha. Um, you know, he was so excited. Dr. Chang was so excited to be at the beginning of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I did a good sales job there, I guess. Uh, but also, Jamie and I spent Probably what a month total the time you came to visit, and then we we had a lot of conversations about where we wanted the show to go, what the content was going to be. So it wasn't one that we went in that it wasn't planned. Uh, we did have quite a bit of planning to where we wanted the show to be and what we wanted the content to be. Um, now it's changed over the years, like any show does. You know, it's it's definitely changed over the I years. I definitely had to make some adjustments because the rules for a talk podcast are very different <laughs> than when you have thirty seven seconds yeah. to talk in between songs. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember somebody brought this up in one of my posts over the weekend? The wheel of trivia. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I don't know whatever happened to the wheel. I don't even know where it is anymore. I we Jennifer and I were talking about it last night. We couldn't even remember quite what we did with the wheel, but we used it for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it was something that we we did the trivia contest, and we I don't know were the prizes on the wheel. With the I don't remember. 
<laughs> but we actually had a wheel and we'd spin the wheel. <laughs> it was uh, the wheel of trivia. God, that's there's one you forgot about. Uh, yeah, I do know that we used to give out the phone number to have people call in for and, live. Yeah, nobody and did. nobody would nobody ever call. call. <laughs> what did yeah, you say the ratio was for callers to number of listeners and radio? It was a ridiculous number. If one calls in, one call, I think, for every 100 people listening. I, I think that, <laughs> from what I heard, that might even be, I, I heard one in a thousand. And it, but you know, it might be somewhere in between that number, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> I feel like one to 300, it was a, a one to 300. I think I can't remember. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. And talk radio was, you know, talk radio had been around a while when we came on, you know, Rush had, you know, was still the mega star he is. Uh, you know, Rush was really the one that I think led the way in serious talk radio other than the sports guys. <clears throat> but uh, he, he's the one that really made I that. I disagree. You know, he, he made it big. Uh, he, he made the most money doing it. Howard Stern um, did. Well, yeah, and Howard Stern. Those two, probably. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, those two. They were both making, you know, hundreds of millions. Uh, Just like us. That's so weird. I like, yeah, like Rosie said, uh, or was it amazing fun and the ability to do what you love enough? Well, yeah, that was amazing fun, and yes, we we were doing what we loved. Uh, and somebody asked me why horses. Why did I pick horses to talk about when I first started? I didn't have anything else I knew anything about. <laughs> so, I mean, I was. And you in the, didn't really know that much about that. You just knew how to be a horse husband. I knew how to be a horse husband, and I knew how to ask questions. I knew how to interview, right? So I did know that. I had improv training for ten years, and, and surrounding yourself with with good people. And I, let's not forget, I'd worked in the horse industry. For a long time, so yeah. we had our own tax shop, and then when we sold that, I worked in. I worked as a consultant for other large companies, other large retailers for years. So I knew tack. I knew tack inside and out. I knew what all the products were for. Uh, so I was in the horse industry, and I had connections for potential sponsors because I had been in that world. So I think that was part of it too, you know. So that's why I picked horses. I actually, honestly, thought I'd get bored. <laughs> Uh, talking about horses. Uh, well, like Chad said, what are you going to talk about after two weeks? Yeah. And I was a horse husband, so my interest in horses was very on the outer fringe. Uh, I, and we've said this from the beginning too, and then we'll have to go on to our next guest. Um, but I am interested in horse people. Jamie is interested in horses. So we made a good combination that way. Uh, because yeah. I really like horse people. Jamie really likes dealing with horses. So the two of us, it makes a good show. Uh, and she asks questions I don't know to ask, and I ask questions that she wouldn't think to ask. So I think that, don't you agree with that? I think that's part of what's made it. I'd go with that. Yeah. I'd go with that because you, you, I love it when we have, we'd have, it's the vet, you know, Wednesday, it's the medical segment. You'd be like, you got it. I would like to talk about ovarian cysts <laughs> yeah. and broodmares. <laughs> And I'm I'm like tuned out. And then I come in at the end of the conversation to ask a vet about which party they went to at the conference. So that that's my that's where I contribute. But yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about one of our terrific sponsors, Kevin Equine. All right. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, here's the least surprising statistic you'll hear all day. According to an annual Gallup poll, Americans are among the most stressed people on the planet. Surprised? 
but this may come as, not me, but this may come as a surprise. Your horse gets stressed out too. It's true. Every horse experiences stress caused by things like exercise, environmental conditions like the weather or their everyday surroundings. Travel causes horses stress just like humans and even simple diet changes. All of these variables contribute to the stress levels of your horse. And this might also come as a surprise. You can help reduce the negative impacts of stress by feeding your horse chromium every day by lowering levels of the stress hormone cortisol and optimizing energy use. Feeding chromium results in improved body upkeep, health, performance, and overall well-being. But this part is important. Don't just feed any chromium. Feed your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium proportionate in the market today. Chemtrace Chromium from Kemen. Ask for it by name and stress less. Learn more about Chemtrace Chromium at Kemen.com slash Chromium EQ. All right. Very good. Well, we thought it would be fun to get a listener on today because after all, it is our anniversary and it's all about you guys. If it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be having an anniversary. So we're going to get one of our listeners on and while I dial her up, tell us who's coming up. Okay, we are going to talk to Caroline O'Hare, who invested in a new pony but needed a new farm to go with it. So we're going to find out a little bit about that, where she is. I don't even know. I don't know either. So we're we're learning together. I think she's fairly new auditor, actually. So we're going to give her a call. Her pony's cute. See a picture here? And we'll has a duly halter on. Good. Oh, yeah. I didn't even notice that. Now we have to hope that she picks up. Hi, this is Caroline. Hi, Caroline. It's Jamie Jennings. How are you? Good. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Glenn's here, too. Say hi, Glenn. Hi. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Glenn. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say, am I not on the show anymore? She didn't even. I mean, that. whatever. He's it's a Jamie too. Jennings show. Yeah, it's it a Jamie is, Jennings show is. now. Next ten years I, is only Jamie. <laughs> it's important to note that because I would like to. Um, we're, it's just going to be us girls talking today because I have got to know everything about what you just did. First of all, where in the world are you? Uh, so now I am in Newcastle, California. It's a small town kind of in the Sierra foothills of, of Northern California. When you say now, where were you? Um, well, we were, we were, we were city folks, kind of. We were in, we're just outside of Sacramento. Okay, gotcha. I'm Googling Newcastle, California right now, and it looks like it is potentially beautiful. Oh my gosh. It is. So is, yeah. what made you want to move to Newcastle? Um, so we um, were in our starter home. We, we um, were very who is, fortunate. Who is we? To, uh, my husband, Tim, and I. Okay. Um, we had, we had a, just a really nice um, like suburban starter home. And uh, it was always in the 10-year plan to kind of move out into land. But we were two years in um, new home ownership. And we were, like, not at all looking, you know, for, for acreage. And one day um, in early May, my husband sent me a Zillow link to this gorgeous five-acre property in Newcastle. And, um, like, kind of as a joke. And I, I told him, Hey, like, I'm ready. I will, you know, I will we scrape up the money for, you know, to put the down payment down and we'll figure it out. Like I'm, I'm 100% in. 
And, um, and so he started running the numbers and he was like, you know, we can kind of afford this. And, uh, um, and things just kind of fell into place. We got pre-approved for a mortgage. We went to go see the property. We met the sellers. They were phenomenal. Um, the, we got a crazy low interest rate. Um, and it just kind of was made to be, and it just worked out. I'm so, still stuck on somebody had a 10 year plan. I didn't know that existed anymore. I was. Oh, that's all. That's all my husband. I take it day by day. I try, <laughs> you know, I try and keep the household, like everyone in the household alive and like fed. And that's kind of my job. And, uh, and he's like the, the one that does the money and the, in the planning. I'm just like along for the ride. <laughs> this is sounding incredibly familiar to me. Um, <laughs> So, so is he a horse guy or is he just uh, kind of going along for the ride? Nope. He is, you know, an outdoors guy. He, um, he was a Marine, you know, he, he likes, you know, doing the, the overnight camping. Um, he, his, his grandparents kind of grew up on a farm when he was real young. And so he had a taste of the farm life and he loved it. Um, but kind of our lives never were in the position to go back to that lifestyle and we got the chance and we you know totally went for it and now I he says he's my number one uh ranch dad I mean he's he's awesome that's he loves it he's taking up fly fishing I mean we're just we're both loving it that is so great. So are you guys working in, it's cause you're about half an hour Northeast of Sacramento. Are you working mm-hmm. downtown? Are you commuting? Are you working from home? Yeah. So I work from home all the time. I'm, I'm remote based and that's kind of another thing that fell into place for my husband. He works for the state of California and he would commute downtown to, to downtown Sacramento um, every day. And then, the, um, um, because of COVID, they kind of took a look at their policies and they said, okay, you know, if you can work from home and be effective, then you guys can work from home 100%. So he doesn't have to commute anymore unless, unless he needs to go, you know, use a a heavy duty printer or if he's got, he's, he's an attorney. So if he's got to do oral arguments, you know, he'll still have to go downtown, but for, for the most part, we both work at home and share an office and we're making it work. And it's just another one of those weird things that fell in place that allowed us to do this. And you guys are still like, you still like each other and everything? Um, yeah, there, um, <laughs> there is a little bit of difficulty. Um, it was it was really interesting to watch him um, learn to work from home because I've been doing it for two years. So I'm kind of like, I've got a whole system and so like he wouldn't just sit down he would like come and go into the office and like do things piecemeal and I'm like sitting here like oh my goodness like I'm gonna kill him (laughs) uh, (laughs) but now we've had it we've got a system and um you know I tell him to go fix my fence and he does it and uh we we get along pretty well after that that's great what do you do I'm also an attorney. I work, um, I'm an in, uh, in-house counsel for biotech companies. So Fantastic. all transactional score again, so, smart people listening to our show. And we're wondering why. Yeah. Um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm glad I didn't make a comment about marrying an attorney. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad you didn't either, because uh, yeah. that would have that been wrong did, in both yeah. counts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So along with a new farm, obviously, you've got to stock it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so what did so you do? I, yeah, so I've had, um, I've had my mare. Um, she's an off-the-track thoroughbred for, oh gosh, three years now, almost going on four. Hi, Ellie. Um, I brought her up from Los Angeles. We did a stint in Los Angeles um, for grad school, and then we finally moved up north. So she came along with me, and um, then we got on five acres. I have six stalls, so it was time to fill them, and it was time to look for a husband horse because he wanted to head out on trail and, and do all that cowboy stuff so um the search began for a covid pony for my husband um Mm -hmm. he had originally wanted (laughs) he wanted an an older you know gray gelding he's gonna name him bill o'horse like he had the name like set out and everything (laughs) bill (laughs) o'horse and (laughs) bill o'horse yeah that was that was gonna be the name and we ended up with another off-the-track thoroughbred mare. So. Oh, my God. Okay, so here's the thing. This is why I said, uh-huh. Because whenever we are shopping for a husband horse, we are literally just shopping for a second horse for ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you went one million percent opposite and went with it instead of an older, calm kind of billow horse, you ended up going uh-huh. and getting yourself a spicy off the track to a red mare. Yeah. You know, and, and to her credit, she, she's not spicy. That's kind of the one thing that they uh, did a great job advertising her as um, my husband found the listing and it was on a, a local horse rescue listing um, she was listed as a 16 hands, you know, older thoroughbred mare, um, you know, granny safe, you know, packer uh-huh. trail horse deluxe. <laughs> we get there and she's like maybe 15 too. Um, she's uh-huh. got a massive pot belly. Like she, you know, she, she was in a much better situation than she was previously i think she was a she was a you know rescue case uh, like a hoarder case but she had been kind of turned out in a field eating cheetos not doing anything so she had a big old pot belly she had you know no muscling and she had an ulcer in her eye oh um, no yeah and i you know i look at him and i go uh, i don't think this is you know kind of what you're looking for and he's like Oh no no I I want to try her out I want to get on her and I'm like okay you know do you want me to get on her first he's like no 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 I got this <gasps> and he gets on her and she just packs him around like she just does not blink an eye she was so good and she you know she let him <laughs> try and granted he's six two and 180 pounds so he's you know he's a bigger guy and um. And she just didn't care and, and let him, you know, bounce around at the trot on him. And, and he was, and she was great. And so <laughs> he said, no, this is the horse I want. And, um, you know, it, it, she wasn't going to kill him. So I wanted this to be his, you know, decision. And I wanted him to own this. 
So I said, all right, we'll bring her home. <laughs> and, and I get her, you know, I, I do some groundwork with her and she's, she's a little pushy. She's, hasn't been doing a whole lot of work so she's not really thrilled about going back to work but I I um I let her out in the arena just to do a little you know free lunging and just to see her move out and she's a gorgeous daisy cutter movement you've ever seen so you know now I'm thinking like Mm-hmm. Hey, she's so fancy. <laughs> so she has kind of turned into my project too, and she'll pack them around the trails near our near our property. So that's fantastic. Really well. See, we we get a horse for our husbands, and then you're like, I, can I? I could show her. I could compete her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now I'm trying to find a a, a kid nearby to do the uh, like child hunters on her. I'm like, see, we're so cute. <laughs> Oh my God, that's adorable. Well, congratulations on all of your COVID success, Caroline. <laughs> I mean, you're you. you're crushing it. I did see that you have a dually halter on her, so she is probably yeah. quickly learning some ground manners. Yes. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being a listener and an auditor and supporting the show. It's always good to get to know everybody, and and it's been so fun getting to know you. I wish you lived closer. We go for rad. I know. I know. Maybe we can meet up at Monty's one day because it's, you know, Central Cal. It's not too far. Yeah. I'll see you there, girl. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Okay. Thank you. Love you. Meet it. Let me mean it. Bye. Bye. You can tell she listens to the show. <laughs> okay. It's only, let's see, three hours and 11 minutes from Newcastle down to Monty's. So that should be fine. She, I wonder if she's in the area with all the fires. It does sound pretty, though, at the bottom of the Sierras there. That's cool. Well, <clears throat> what, how cool things all came together for them. That's really neat. Well, Wintech speaking of coming together, WinTech has always <laughs> come together for, for Jamie and for Jennifer. They've used WinTech saddles for years, and they've always made riding easy and comfortable. They combine world-leading innovations and high-tech materials in lightweight, weatherproof, and easy-care saddles. It's easy to see why WinTech is the world number one synthetic saddle brand. The comprehensive WinTech range offers not only cutting-edge designs, but new standards in fit, comfort, and performance. Uh, they have some brand-new saddles right now too and they're really made for the high withered or wide horses they have the new wintech 2000 high wither all-purpose saddle is perfect for those high withered thoroughbreds the new wintech 2000 wide all-purpose is a grippy saddle that suits your wide horse and the wintech new pro wide dressage is a grippy dressage saddle that suits the very wide dressage horses not that there's any of those wintech is the official saddle sponsor of the united states pony club and the american riding association riding instructors association Visit WinTechSaddles.us to see the complete line of saddles or or the your nearest WinTech dealer. That's WinTechSaddles.us. All right, it is time. Never mind, it's six hours to her place. But in California, <laughs> that's like nothing, right? Yeah, I that's mean, nothing. It'll only take you 25 on the highway in California. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, remember, if you have an equestrian problem, it is first world. That's just the life that we are living. And uh, these are submitted by our auditors. I post something on the auditors Facebook page on Sunday nights or 4 a.m. Monday morning, depending on how I'm feeling. And uh, th- these people are writing in their own sad problems. So 
if you have an equestrian first world problem and you need to share it and have some therapy, Glenn, how can they become auditors? Go to horseradionetwork.com and right down on the right side of the page, you'll see the auditor banner. And for as little as $3 a month, you too can be part of the auditor group. Fantastic. You know, stupid Facebook updated itself on my computer and now I can't navigate anything. Oh, you got it's- the new one? Yeah, you'll get used to it. You'll get used. First world problem. Hello, I'm like (laughs) I can't navigate the new Facebook on my computer, only on my phone. Okay, here we go. We're gonna start with Lindsay. Lindsay says our new puppy is so cute that I can't be mad. He woke me up at 3 a.m. and I couldn't go back to sleep. Oh, you can be mad. Uh, Jennifer was mad when our dog woke her up at 2:30. So. Um, you know what I do when I get woken up is I usually, I sneak Bella, my basset hound into the bed, but last night I woke up before and she was already in Chad's spot. So that didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he's listening, that did not happen. Chad, Bella was not on your pillow under the covers. That'd be weird. Uh, Adrian says there's a new bar, new mare in the barn. And this morning I was late getting inside for my morning chores because I just want to snuggle her sweet face. And now I have to go to work smelling like a horse. (laughs) That won't be the first time I my guess. (laughs) Listen, Adrian, all the people at work already talk about you behind your back. Yeah. Just like they did in high school. It's the same thing. Yeah, just jump out in front of it. Yeah, just the same thing. I always remember, (laughs) I remember exactly our horse girl in high school. We used to pick on her endlessly. Did you really? Oh, wait, everybody did. She was the horse girl. I was that horse girl. Shoot. Uh, Danielle says, one of my older horses is lame. Now I only have three to ride. (laughs) (laughs) Not much pity going her way. Poor thing. I feel sorry for you. Chantel says one of the horses at the barn got an injury and she's just a little yearling Arabian in his skinny because she's an awkward yearling Arabian and I would want to give her all the treats, but then there's no treats for my horses. (laughs) Carrie says, I tried to work on desensitizing my horse to Halloween decorations. But he wasn't even a little bit scared of them to begin with. <laughs> yeah, neither is Scooter. He thinks they're fun. He goes over and stuffs his face in them. <laughs> He's probably looking doing, for food. Candy? <laughs> I was do, trying to do a plastic demo during the clinic for the two Marys that came for the clinic. And I bring Jim out of the stall. Jim, one of our sweet listeners, actually just adopted him. And uh, I brought Jim out and I was like, okay. Sometimes they can get really snorty. And ex- Jim was like, I don't care. Shove it up my nose. I don't care. Like, it's plastic. Whatever. Don't I- care. And I was like, usually the horse would be doing this right now. It was not a good teaching horse. He just literally didn't care. Speaking of skinny horses, can I also thank the auditor who, I don't remember who it was. I'm sorry. Who in my care package from the auditor sent a very large, like 10 pound bag of low fat treats for Scooter. And now I can give him as many as I want. So Thank you for that. Appreciate that. And how, just you can thank her again when your horse bites you <laughs> and the thing bit your finger off. You're back on surgery. And if if this pony bites Glenn's finger off, nobody's doing S for it. Okay? Because he has been warned. Uh, Carrie said, oh, that was I already did that one. By the way, you've Courtney. been warning me that for about 10 years and I'm still feeding my pony treats. I'm sorry. I know. Yeah. Oh. You know, it's only going to take once, Glenn. <laughs> 
Uh, Courtney says, first world equestrian problem, wedding edition. I found my dress and it cost just as much as the horse semen I wanted to buy. But the dress won, and so I didn't get any semen. <laughs> Can I throw in there, though? I saw a picture of the dress, and you look beautiful in it. So, there. yeah, but and you know what? It better with long... semen on it. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, you know, horse. So, sorry, that did not come out right. <laughs> I told you I'm gonna try to get fired today. <laughs> I meant it would look better than this. <laughs> Just the leave semen it. Would look better. Leave it. Leave it. I was gonna say that I think the dress in the long run is gonna be cheaper than the other option. So. There's that. It's not about finances. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> we to get an email. We would like to wish you well in your future endeavors. <laughs> uh, Anna you says, actually caught me off guard with that. One. <laughs> <laughs> I did not mean. To but say then that, I haven't but... laughed in about three weeks. So thank you for that. Uh, Anna, who actually adopted the gym, who's not afraid of plastic bags, oddly enough, it's going to be 70 degrees on my day off here in Minnesota, but my horses are going to be too hot to ride. Their winter fuzzies are in full force. Uh, maybe I'll just spend the whole day riding Potter, Jim. Uh, he'll probably be pleased as can be with the weather. Everybody else will be sweating. That's right. I, do you clip horses in Minnesota or are you just trying to die? I don't think you know what? You don't ever clip horses in Minnesota, do you? (laughs) I would think, I mean, uh, let's move over to Kayla. Uh, Kayla's in Virginia, right? She's in Maryland. Yep. Maryland. Yeah. Okay. Well, here you go. This could be your future, Anna. My horses are freshly clipped. It's 38 degrees and windy, and I have to ride everyone because I leave for Tryon to go to the Young Horse Show Championships, and I have to go run an errand in the middle of the day, which means getting as many done in the morning as possible because thanks, Daylight Savings Time, I'm off to die now. See ya. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to die. Anna, that could be you. You could be Kayla. (laughs) Don't clip them. When I sold Zara up to Indiana to Kristen, I was like, I think the one thing, like, I really wasn't able to get done before I sold her was get her clipping. She just really had an issue with clippers like violent. Like, and I, I did that. I was, I was halfway through getting her done. Finally could get the clippers like on her and she bought her. And I was like, do you want me to continue to work on this? She was like, no, we don't clip things here. <laughs> like <laughs> never, never. <laughs> I was like, that's probably good. Uh, TJ says every time my horse lays down, my dog sticks his nose up my horse's butt and my horse lets him. <laughs> I don't know if that's a first world problem, but it's funny. Um, Lily says I couldn't ride my horse yesterday because we had a huge winter storm. And I mean, I just need an indoor arena. God, don't we all? I'm so tired of like weather affecting my riding. Um, I thought you ended up with a small indoor there. What? No? No, okay. I dreamed. Yeah, that, that okay. was when I won the lottery back when oh, you were right. induced yeah, in pain right. medication. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica says my custom saddle is taking forever to come in. And so I can't ride in the meantime because I don't have any other saddles that fit. And I thought, well, maybe ride bareback. And she wrote, my horse has a massive shark fin withers and there's no way I can ride bareback and not bruise my crotch. Now, I like to call it in that situation, my hoo-ha. So you don't bruise your hoo-ha, Jessica, just wait, you'll be fine. But call the company every day. Cause seriously, my, my client sent her, she bought a custom saddle from like, 
Ireland or a, a saddle from Ireland and it didn't fit her horse. So she sent it back right at the beginning of COVID. Oh, she doesn't have a saddle back yet. Does she? Nope. Nope. Still doesn't have one. Um, <laughs> Sally that says was a ten thousand dollar mistake. Uh, God. <laughs> it has been such a gloomy, cold, and windy October, and now November that every time I get to the outdoor arena, the jumps are blown down. <laughs> Tired of it. she's like, well, maybe I'll just do no stir of November. Don't do it. Um, Nana said, we got a new saintly COVID pony lease for my kid. And as I picked him up, I found out he drives too. So now I can't give up the harness and carriage that our new minis potential lease are needed. So I'm just going to have to keep both ponies and drive them as a team, which doesn't that mean you would need a new cart, Glenn? New cart, new harness. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be expensive. Yeah, all of those. Um, It'd be cheaper off with the wedding dress. <laughs> or the semen. Yeah. Oh, I was waiting for you. I set you up and you took it. Well You're done. Right. We have worked together a long time. <laughs> 10 years and I'm still not fired yet. <laughs> um, the temps are dropping. But Andrea says the temps are dropping, but the bugs are not. And I have to deal. If I have to deal with one, I shouldn't have to deal with the other one. And I ran screaming from a yellow jacket in my horse's shed that wouldn't leave me alone. She was in the pasture and she saw me run from her shed. So she ran towards me and then freaked out and rocked her. Blah, 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 blah. It goes on and on. She was basically like, at least the neighbors couldn't see us. Uh, Lucas came to me. I was had just gotten the horses out of the trailer, the new horses I got for training yesterday. And he, he's like, Mom! Mom, you know, and you like you, you know that like elevated panic. Yeah, and I was like, "What is it, buddy? What's up? I'm taking these horses out. I need you." And I like un- undo the horse real quick, and I come running. What is it? He's like, "Mom, there's a bee, and it's furious at me." <laughs> like funny. now, I'm furious too. You just made me drop this horse on the run over funny. here. You just go walk away from the furious bee. It's furious, mom. It's furious. Uh, All right, time for one more. Yep. Kristen said, oh, and this is Zara's new mama. Kristen said, it got super cold and our freaking 60-pound dog keeps sitting on the heater vent and my living room never gets warm. (laughs) That's funny. I I did want to say, going back to the throwing you softballs, that is something that we've been pretty good at. You've been really good at from the beginning is when I throw you softballs, you always take them. Did you ever have any improv training? Like formal? My, yes. I have had 42 years of improv training because my life is an improv joke, <laughs> is what it is. That's true. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, don't I, ever you... ask me, like, I, I, am I properly trained? Uh, no, I am not. I am just, this is the life that I live, and I am that girl, and this is what I do. You know, I did. I always got to have a sense of humor. Yeah. Well, and I d- always said that uh, somebody asked me the other day, can you learn improv? You can, but I think part of it's just, I think m- most of it is natural. You either have it or you don't. I really do. But I, I think that's partly why I liked working with you right away was you knew, you just knew it. I mean, you maybe knew, she's born with it. And, and you knew that, you know, you don't nag each other, all that stuff. You kind of just knew that. You know, so it was. You don't what each other? You don't nag each other. You know, you don't. In other words, I set you up with that line about the wedding dress, and then you go, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, you'd shut it down right away, whereas you jumped on it and you went. You know, you took you took the line. Uh, you didn't shut it down. And that's... Well, no, anytime anybody mentions wedding dress, I'm going to think about <laughs> semen on it. 
So thanks for that. <laughs> All right, let's go to our next guest and save this show today, our 10th anniversary. Um, Hold on, I just got an email from Glenn. It says, we are regret- <laughs> regretting to inform you that... I ain't doing this show by myself, I direction. tell you that right now. We are going a different direction, and we wish you well I in your future. I am too freaking old and sick to start this over. Glenn would be that guy, too. He'd fire me and like start the next day and never mention it. <laughs> that's right that's what they do in radio isn't it yeah yeah they do and then you get a lot of emails because they haven't shut down your email yet and then you get to bash your former employers <laughs> alright we're going to add Deanne in here from Horse Nation and I just looked something up interesting too once we get Deanne on hi Deanne Hello. Well, I'm here hi, well, hi and thank you for joining us again this week hey I just we're, we're having our 10th anniversary show today because it's our 10th anniversary well, happy anniversary. Yep, 2,550 episodes. And I looked up just now when the first time Leslie Wiley joined us from Horse Nation. And she was on here March the 5th of 2012 was her first appearance. So, wow. So you guys have been joining us for eight years. And do you want to know what the name title of that episode was? It was Tornadoes, Horse Nation, and Stripper Heels. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember her talking about her stripper heels. I don't think that was the first one she was on, Glenn. She was on. Because who what? leads with stripper heels? I, apparently, Leslie, Leslie Wiley. Wiley leads with stripper heels. <laughs> was she a stripper at one time? Did we re- did we determine no, that? This no, this was not the, that was not the first one because she told a story of like walking home and she is in these high heels and she called them stripper heels. Well, that was the first because evidence I have. Nobody wears he. Oh, I got to figure this out. Nobody wears clear heels unless you're a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have to tell you, we were trick-or-treating with the kids on Halloween and we were discussing and there was a gaggle of teenagers, right? And there was a, I assume they were a basketball team as the boys were wearing perhaps basketball jerseys, but the there was a girl with them wearing a sweatshirt, very short shorts and carrying a basketball jersey. And we, I was trying to convince my five-year-old to go ask her what her costume was because apparently I use my children to throw shade at, you know, unsuspecting teenagers. <laughs> and of, of course she wouldn't, but it led to the discussion of some of the better Halloween costumes we could come up with as 30 or 40 something adults. And we decided that like the walk of shame would be a great one. And I was thinking, you know, you might bust out the clear heels for that. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All right. Well, now I have to ask you both. Do you have uh, stripper heels? Well, I mean, there was all the (laughs) clothes and the shoes that I have from my dancing days. Because who didn't want to see this naked on a pole? I mean, come on. So, yeah, I mean, I I had to save them. I want to pass them on to my daughter someday. And Exactly. Now, let me rewind here to two minutes before you came on, Deanne. That's what I mean about not nagging. You took that (laughs) and you ran with it. You didn't say, no, I was never a stripper, which would have stopped that whole flow of that conversation. Well done, partner. I'm a sarcastic a hole. <laughs> Nobody's arguing well, that either. Nobody's arguing that. Deanne, what are we talking about today? Uh, you tell me. I sent you some links, man. We've got. Uh... What do you want, Glenn? What do you want? <laughs> I want to go to eight observations of an equine body worker. Yeah. So I do massage therapy and like red light, infrared light treatment, and a couple of other random things with horses, like kinesiology taping. 
Um, and it's really interesting when you go into barns and work on other people's horses because that article was initially supposed to start out being funny and then it just wasn't. And then it just like went into <laughs> things I actually notice. Because <laughs> um, I was going to say, I'm looking at these things and they're pretty serious crap. <laughs> well, like... Yeah, my idea was that it was going to be sarcastic. And then I started writing and I was like, oh, it's not sarcastic. It's it's just true. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of matches. You, know, you write and things just morph. <laughs> yeah, it kind of matches with some of the conversations we've had with farriers over the years about the things that they have to put up with. But let's talk about the things that you have to put up with. Yeah, so I am, um, you know, it's funny because as a horse owner, I feel like I'm not particularly good at groundwork and instilling manners in my horses. Like, I feel like I'm really bad at it, right? Until I get to other people's barns. And then I'm like, oh my God, this horse is going to kill me. Like, <laughs> and that's where I kind of laugh at like, who's the boss in that list I made? Because I know right away when I walk in, whether the horse is in charge or whether the handler's in charge. And as I'm massaging these horses who haven't been taught respect or space or anything like that, the, at least the first third of the massage is less of a massage and more of a conversation about not killing me. And I, you know, I try to do it really subtly because, right, these owners are paying me to come in and make their horse feel better. They're they're paying you to help their horse relax and not be more tense after you leave. <laughs> right, right. But like if you're, you know, a draft mix and you're trying to step on my foot, well, if you're any horse and you're trying to step on my foot, that's an issue. But certainly if your foot is the size of a dinner plate, like <laughs> back off, buddy. Or, you know, or horses who just aren't used to having like their ears and like head handled it becomes this really interesting thing. And the way I was trained, you know, there's a pressure point in the jaw. And I always just sort of rest my, rest my hand on the halter when I'm working on a horse. And if the horse goes to turn its head to nip at me, and let me be clear, I adjust how I massage based on the tolerance of the horse. I try really hard to keep it this like a relaxing, enjoyable experience. But some horses are nippy, some are spoiled, some are jerks, you know, because they haven't been told that's not okay. Quit talking about my pony, darn it. <laughs> well, I mean, I have a pony too, so like I get that part of it. But um, but so I always like use that pressure point on the jaw and handlers don't catch it always because I just rest my hand on the halter. My thumb is right there. There's no pressure until the horse turns into me. All of the I got it. Traditional I got to Chinese... tell you. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <clears throat> Uh, I was just going to say that um, my veterinarian also does chiropractic and acupuncture. And every time she comes, she's like, I just want to say thank you again for having horses that like basically she'll climb up on the, the thing to adjust their back. And she's like, your horses must stand at the mounting block. So nice. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Yes, they do. Cause a lot of the horses she goes, she hops on the, the thing and they freak out cause they're above her. And so she's like, thank you for having your horses trained as a mounting block. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I always, I find myself always thanking the clients who have well-behaved horses and it's not as often as you would think. <laughs> the end, is, it, is it laziness on their part or just don't they know? They don't know what they don't know. Lack of knowledge. Like I think about that with my own groundwork with my horses that I, you know, I think people are like, oh, my horse loves me. He wants to cuddle with me. And I'm like, your horse is pushing you out of the way. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and I, I think that like we all have this 
not maybe not all of us, but I feel like a lot of people who go into horse ownership, especially as adults, have this like image of Alec riding the black stallion on the beach with his arms out like, you know, like an airplane galloping their horse with all this freedom and they just think there's going to be this bond like they watched Flicka one too many times and um like you know you have a bond with your horse but like they're also very large animals and you have to establish your bubble and i think most of the time i think it's just lack of knowledge i think that people don't realize that when the horse reaches into your space with his nose he's not just looking for attention like your dog might be that like he's taking the chance to explore your body and let you know that like he can be in your space and it's okay. You know? And like, these are things that I'm working on as I develop as a horse person, but I I think people just don't know. And then you go in and you go to work on a horse and it becomes interesting. (laughs) I like another one. Number three, you said here, um, and we've always said on this show that you can tell the energy of a barn when you walk into it. You walk into a barn, and every barn has a feel, right? And I think you probably agree with that. If you've been to a lot of barns, every barn has a feel. And number three, you said how you or someone else's energy affects your horse. And that energy is, it's almost in the barn, right? I mean, it's whether the barn is buzzing, or it's just chaotic, or, you know, it's crazy. Well, your horses are going to pick up that energy, too. And then, you know, I walked in one of the barns down in Wellington, and it was... um, Todd Minix was one of the like super big riders, Olympic riders. And the energy, now there were 50 people in this barn, but it was the most chill barn. Everybody was like moving almost in slow motion. And there was just nothing chaotic about it. There was no screaming. There was no yelling at each other across the barn. And I thought, wow, this is a barn with a lot of activity and a lot of riders and a lot of things going on. But it's not in the least bit stressful the minute I walked in. Right. And it is it is interesting because you can feel it, like you said, the second you walk in. And I'm not. Some people are very in tune to everyone's energy and things like that. That's not me. I'm very like executive function. I have a lot of blocks up like that's how I function. But as I've done more body work and worked harder on my own horsemanship, I've tried very hard to become more conscious of it. If that makes sense, just because I have to work on, I can be pretty high energy. I have to work on bringing myself down to like keep things level as I work with my own horses. Um, And as I've worked on that, you walk into these barns and that's exactly it. You can like feel the air vibrate or somebody walks in and they're in a bad mood and you just feel all the horses tense up. Um, Or I had one situation where literally I was working with these boarders horses. The barn owner walked in and a horse was tied to the wall getting red light treatment was, you know, lip drooping, late back leg cocked, totally fine. The owner walked in and the horse shot backwards, did everything in his power to swing his body away from that barn owner. And I just like, you know, I it's interesting because interesting you have to watch what you're, you say when you're in somebody else's barn so as not to get kicked out. <laughs> I've been but, trying to get fired today, D, and so I would like to tell that, just be like, hey, Dick, get out. Right. <laughs> what are you doing to these poor animals when nobody's looking? Obviously, the horses never lie, and here you come up in here messing up my red light treatment. <laughs> I need to ask you. That reminds me. So 
These horses that you're massaging. Jamie also doesn't like to get paid, Deanne, either. So there's that. I mean, (laughs) I'm I'm used to that, Glenn. (laughs) Uh, So the the whole like these horses that need massages and they their tents in certain spots. Do you think that they would not need the massages as much if they weren't so resistant because they're untrained? Do you think that teaching these horses and educating them might make them a little less stiff and sore? Oh, there's a good question. I would say that's a loaded question. Like, yes. You want to put her out of work? (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, so right. If you are getting a horse to use its body correctly, to teach it to relax when it's being handled and being worked and all of those things, absolutely. That horse is going to be less tense and need less work. Um, that said, I mean, I like getting massages. So, you know, there's there's also that part where it's just a great way to help relax muscles that are being overworked. But I do definitely notice a difference in the horse's bodies, not just like the muscle structure, but like actually in their tension in the knots. When you have a skilled rider who knows how to Again, get the horse to use its body correctly, but also get the horse to relax through the course of its work. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your that question? Like sense, I said, I yeah. think it's kind of a loaded Do question you, a little. I didn't mean to ask a loaded question. I just was thinking as you're going through this and the that human walks in the barn and the horse is all of a sudden super resistant. If that guy wasn't that guy to that horse, the horse would probably have less pain and less stress. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. Then I misunderstood you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, in the same way when we're carrying internal stress like I feel like we all have our points where our muscles show it like for me it's always my like left shoulder blade (laughs) you know you'll always find a knot there as and it gets you know more pronounced as I get stressed out and I think that that's also you know true of horses who have a tendency to really take on our energy and internalize things all right well I have time for one last question um so do you feel like follow up on Jamie's a little bit do you feel like you get more accomplished with the horse's those two scenarios you said, the, the one that, you know, it's just been worked and has some muscle issues, but is a pretty relaxed, chill horse to begin with. Do you accomplish more with that horse or with the horse that's super stressed out in the first place? Absolutely. The horse that's more relaxed, yeah. because if the horse is super stressed in the first place, like I said, I, I end up having this conversation every time I move to a new part of the horse's body to get it to relax and let me to do my and let me do my work. And some horses never get to that point. When I first started, I would just like power through and like, I'm going to finish this massage. I'm here to get paid. Um, You know, I don't want to disappoint the owner, not just I'm here to get paid, but like, I don't want to disappoint the person who brought me out to do this. And as I've been doing it for a few years, if I handle a horse that's really stressed out and can't relax through the massage, I'll stop and I'll say, look, this isn't doing the horse any good. Like it's not relaxing. There might, and you know, and usually I say there might be some underlying issues here, but like you need to address X, Y, Z before my massage can help. And I usually then don't charge that person. But, um, and, and I, I've done that, especially with ulcery horses. Now, bear in mind, I don't carry a scope with me. I am not a vet. I cannot tell you if your horse has ulcers, <laughs> um, but I have a pretty good idea when I'm massaging, right? Like I hit certain points and if they have a positive reaction, then I get a pretty good idea that their bellies are bothering them. Um, And if a horse is really ulcery, basically the entire 
back two thirds of the horse, if I'm massaging it, it's not comfortable for the horse. And so I've gotten better about just stopping and saying this massage will not benefit this horse until this is treated. Um, and, and again, and whether or not it's ulcers, that's true too. If the horse just can't relax, like my mare is not a fan of pulse therapy. And I've st and so we don't do it anymore because if she can't relax, all I'm doing is causing more tension. Well, very good. It's always fascinating. We always start out one way and end up a d different way with you. And that's what makes it so much fun. Thank you for <laughs> joining us. There's a whole ton of new articles on horsenation.com right now. Go check those out. Oh, crap. Monday's up, uh, which is always there. And uh, you also had I, I needed to apologize to you. We, uh oh, we never Why? we never got to do the stories on Friday because I ended up back in the hospital. So um, we never got to do the stories that you had sent over. We were going to read a couple stories like we usually do. So I want to encourage people for all the Halloween stories. They're still up on HorseNation.com. Go check them out there. And I apologize. We just, you know, we didn't end up having a show Friday. So, um, hey, you know what? Life happens. Please do not apologize. <laughs> it's the first year we missed in a while. We'll, we'll, we'll bring it back next year. It's 2020. Of course, we're going to miss doing the stories this year. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. So uh, we'll, we'll do them. We'll, we'll get back to it again next year. So thank you, Deanne. HorseNation.com. Yeah. Sure thing. Happy 10th anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. See ya. Bye. I need Bye. a massage now. My shoulders hurt. I know. <laughs> I have that knot from using the mouse all day back there. So I need to get that one out. All right, that's it for today. Thank you, everybody. So, that is like the biggest first world problem ever. Oh, yeah, I have a mouse knot. I sit at my desk like, all day trying to keep this damn show going. Uh, Lord. <laughs> thank you for uh, hanging out for 10 years. Appreciate it. Hey, let's do another. For me. Let's do another couple weeks anyway. Uh, all right. Do you want to make it to the I end was, of the year? See if we can. I, you know, I'm taking a vacation next week. So we'll, I, ask me again when I come <laughs> okay. back. Okay. All right. We'll see then. <laughs> uh, so thanks, everybody. Thank you for being patient. Well, we, I know we've missed some episodes and uh, we've never done that in 10 years. But, uh, you know, I'm going to actually go back through and listen to some of our old episodes because I was looking and trying to find when Leslie Wiley actually came on the first time. And I got distracted because I found, hit him for 7 7 2011. And it's, uh, you know, there's always like an episode description. We get caught up in the happenings of our home adopted hometown in Norco, including the National Day of the Cowboy. Plus, listener Michelle explains why Jamie is her favorite. And the Chronicle <laughs> Report coming. And now I've got to know why I'm Michelle's favorite. Go, was this Norco back in 2011? Yeah, actually, like I think our third or fourth episode, we had a guest on from Norco. Wow, we ended up, most listeners won't know this, but we did a whole week's worth of shows from Norco. Um, yeah, we did. Yeah, we we were the I have that hanging above here. We were the you had to leave before this it was so sad. Their Christmas parade. We were the celebrity marshals for their Christmas parade. Got to ride in the carriage. It was really and everybody who saw us go, who the hell, hell is, is that? that? <laughs> Spain to count. Everybody have a good one. We'll Thanks. <laughs> Who the hell is that on the stage? What is he what? doing? Horse radio? What? What station is that? Yeah. How do I where, listen to where that? Where do I tune into that? We should have had a. We should have been on the radio in Dorco. We would have fit. All right, we are out. That line was. That was your. Be I needed that <laughs> laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i needed that laugh you were taking them and running with them today and i, I you know i'm not feeling funny so setting you up was perfect 
4 a.m., Glenn. When I don't get any sleep, I'm funny as hell. Well, you and I didn't get any sleep last night. Neither one of us did. All right, we have a couple more questions I want to get to uh, that people asked. In the beginning, how hard was it to get famous guests? We didn't have famous guests in the beginning. What are you talking about? Uh, like Olympians, I, actors. That is not true. Our very first guest was an Olympian. Yeah, Gina Miles, right? Yeah. But no, uh, other than Gina, nobody no. else will still <laughs> yeah. take our calls. That's right. It's still hard. Getting guests is still one of the hardest jobs we have. It be- not because they don't want it. Now they actually might know who we are, or at least they look at the website and go, okay, these people are real. Um, but it's just time. It's time. It's it's 10 emails back and forth. If it's if they have people, you got to deal through their people. And then it's a, it's just a nightmare to book guests. It always has been. It always will be. It's just, it's the hardest thing. And Jennifer... I don't envy her. She'll, some of these guests we get on, it's 10 emails back and forth. And it's just a mess. And, you know, it doesn't matter who the guest is, whether they're famous or not. Sometimes I get lucky. I, no, enough people know me now in the world that I can, I can message them on Facebook and say, are you free tomorrow morning? And they'll come on. Uh, if I know, if I seen they just got back from a show and they're not doing anything and I see they might be free, they'll come on. So that has gotten easier than it was when we first started. We couldn't even get damn press passes for Rolex when we first started. I'll tell you what, Glenn, do you remember? I was, I'll tell this story. I've told you about it before, but you know, if a guest doesn't show up, like say we book a guest and they don't show up, I get it. I get it. One time, two times. No. If you mess us up two times, we're done with you. But I would like to remind everybody. We have a blacklist. <laughs> we do have I a blacklist. I don't list. really want to call it that because I call it the Snoop list. The because Snoop list? Our, it's Snoop Dogg. Oh. Remember? Oh, yeah. Do you I remember forgot the Snoop about Dogg that. list? So we were, I was on the Burt Show in Atlanta and Snoop Dogg stood us up Five times, oh. like five times. And Damon so we five always, times, which is amazing. I know. Did he, he live in Atlanta? Dog. I don't know. I don't know where he lived, but he would never call us for damn sure. <laughs> or we call his people and they couldn't find him. I don't know. Uh, so I always say there's a morning man, show. He wasn't up yet. <laughs> two and out Snoop Dogg, man. We're not having Snoop. Like they, they pulled the Snoop. <laughs> Pull the Snoop Dogg. But again, we would just be like, hey, by the way, Snoop Dogg's coming on at 915. You know, like at that because it was funny because like literally we knew he wasn't coming on. So we then would just say it. Snoop Dogg on today. Ha <laughs> We have one that was the top of my Snoop Dogg list and still is the top of the Snoop Dogg list. And uh, he stood us up at least three or four times. Who? Uh Tommy Turvey. Ah, yeah, he's banned. Yeah, he was just, uh, we we booked him, and he just, uh, he would never call ahead, and we'd try and contact him, out, and he would be confirmed. He would confirm it that day or the day before and still not show up. So, you know, maybe funny and all of that, but didn't show up for, for his uh, appearances. And he's a guy that works for himself trying to book gigs. He's the one that should be showing up. Uh, Elizabeth said, how did you end up in podcasting and why did you pick courses? Well, I think we talked about that earlier. Um, and you seem to have done... you didn't know anything. Yeah, I didn't know anything else. Uh, you seem to have done a lot of different things in your life. I have done a lot of different things in my life. That is for sure. But w- one of the other reasons I started shows, period, was I, I needed an outlet to perform again. I had been an actor for 10 years and I hadn't done it for a long, long time. And it was my older brother. I worked for him for a couple of years before I started this gig. 
And which, I, by the way, let me. I was also looking through, and one of our Tuesday Thursday sponsors was EasySignsOnline.com. That was another brother. That was my younger brother. Exactly. That's another brother. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. And he still if does that. Easy sign. Signs is still around, so they're still. Doing I know. It. That's where I get my farm <coughs> sign. My beautiful yeah. flower farm sign. EasySignOnline.com. He's a good guy. Does good work. Um, but uh, my older brother had a cable company. I didn't know a damn. Th- he worked as a subcontractor for the cable companies on the power lines and stuff. Well, I don't know anything about that, but he ne- he was trying to sell his company, and he needed somebody to come in and help with the books and be a salesman. So that's what I did. I worked with him for two years till we sold the company. And he, during that time, said, you need to do something that's more creative than what you're doing now. You need to get out of this consulting thing with you know, helping build websites and social media and all that, and marketing, and you need to do something creative. And that's he was the one who encouraged me. Because uh, he listened to a podcast. There was one podcast he listened to back then. There weren't many. And that's how I did it. It was David that said, you're going to do this, and we're going to figure it out. And he helped me figure out the technology, and that's how the table scoop started. I ended up available for this job because I was in radio. I was working for a country station in Atlanta, and I was miserable. And I met this boy uh, and I'm on an airplane. Arizona. I did met him on an airplane set next to him. On the an whole, that whole airplane thing is so ironic. I mean, it's just, yeah, I, it really is. It really is. <laughs> I mean, talk about meant to be. You two can never get divorced because, you know, that was just ironic meant to be. Yeah, it needs to be a, a daytime, like a, a one of those a Christmas Hallmark. movies. It's a Hallmark. Hallmark yes, it is. Yeah, it's a Hallmark <laughs> Because you were both on sure. the plane going to see your boyfriend and girlfriend. I mean, it is a Hallmark movie when you think about it. I wouldn't consider either one of us considered them boyfriends or girlfriends. Okay. Were you going to sleep uh, with them that weekend? Uh, Glenn, that is none of your business. <laughs> Okay, boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm, I'm still, I'm holding on to it. Now, but did I? That would make the Hallmark weekend? movie better, though, wouldn't it? Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving past it. Then I moved to Arizona, and I was able to transfer from the Clear Channel station in Atlanta to the Clear Channel station in Phoenix. Now I was on a morning show, but I transferred my contract, so basically all I did was like weekends. Did you have a lot uh, of contract left? Fill in. I signed a three-year deal in January, and I met Chad in February. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you you didn't like the station that you were at. Was that it? In Atlanta or I, in, in Arizona? I worked with three men. Two of one left the show because it was that. And the other two were extremely obese and very lazy and masochist, like misogynistic and really <laughs> rude. And you worked with masochist. them? Oh my God. That, how long did that it last? Was, About a week? <laughs> well, I had a three-year contract, Glenn. I was like, fuck, I am stuck here for the rest of my goddamn life with these fat shitheads who literally have nothing to do with their day. And I was trying to like Get, I also programmed the afternoon drive show, so I had to record with them, and they'd be like, I would walk in the office. So they were like, putting hey, in guys, time, we huh? Just got, we got done with the morning show. Let's get the afternoon show done. And I would walk in the office, and they're fucking asleep. I'm like, oh, my God. Or like down having their third breakfast. Let me it was guess. Just, they're oh, no awful. longer in radio. <laughs> Uh, you know, randomly, uh, one of them was fired shortly after I left, the big name uh, on the show. And then the other one, I hear occasionally like doing overnights, like clear channel, like overnights. Because like, he can sleep. Because <laughs> he can sleep. Yeah, I guess. Um, so. Put on the tape for two hours and uh, go to sleep. Exactly. Now they pre-record all that. It takes him 10 minutes to do four hours <laughs> and then he's gone and goes back to bed. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I do hear those people. Uh, well, how'd you get one. out of your contract? 
So I was in, and uh, I was at the CMA awards in Nashville and for that, they could, they put all the radio stations like at tables and they bring celebrities by now, this is going to sound super snotty, but I, so, uh, so uh, before I get to the snotty part, so I, I'm there and I see all these DJs from Phoenix. Now at this point I've been dating Chad for a while and it's pretty serious, but like I'm stuck in Atlanta and he's in the military in Phoenix. So it's just never going to happen. And so I meet these and it's all clear channel stations at the CMA awards. And I see the Phoenix station and I go over there. I'm like, Hey, uh, my boyfriend lives in Phoenix. If you ever need somebody uh, to work for you, I would love to work for you. And they're like, ha that's hilarious. But the program director was there. And, um, Afterwards, I certainly wasn't going to hang out with my shithead fat ass co-host. So I was like, you guys doing anything? And they were like, yeah, we're going to go out to dinner. You can join us if you want. I was like, can I bring a friend? And they were like, okay. And I brought Darius Rucker. So Darius and I were friends. (laughs) So after that, when you bring Cody to dinner and then you go out to a karaoke bar and sing karaoke with Hootie. You sang with Hootie? Did you do a duet? Please tell me oh, it was no. a romantic duet. You looked at oh, each no. other's eyes. No, Hootie, no. Hootie yeah. just took over the stage. I mean, yeah. he basically did a show. <laughs> yeah. um, Darius did. So um, I, the CMA awards were over and I went home and I got a call like two days later. And they're like, <laughs> hey, so we can't really hire you full time for the morning show, but we can at least get you out of there. And I was like, thank you. So I transferred. <laughs> How long did you work there then? at uh KNIX in Phoenix. I just did fill in work for the morning show and weekends until the until the guy who hired me got fired and I, then I just never he would call me be like hey we need you and then he got fired and nobody called me anymore. So I'm pretty sure he was the only one that knew I worked there. I think they stole your money for that contract. Well, no, I I had to get out of the, the contract was in Atlanta. Uh, and so they voided that contract, I got but it. only okay. because I was transferring to another clear channel station. So how Does soon after Ray? that, after he got fired, did you start with us? So after he, Ray got fired and then I needed a job because I was making an exorbitant amount doing DJ shit, you know, like it was crazy. <laughs> you were, uh, so, uh, yeah. she's not kidding. She literally was making a lot of money. <laughs> oh my God. But then even just transferring there, like the hourly rate was insane because I just asked for it and they were like, oh, you came okay. from Atlanta top, you know, market. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, once that was over, he got fired. I went to work for that, um, oh, vet, the clinic, vet clinic. That that's right. You came, you came to work with us. You were still at the vet clinic. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And I then I was very happy to leave that job. You, so you went from you went Phoenix. from DJ money to vet clinic money? Oh yeah. And 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 you'll have to ask me someday about um the, the getting the raise at the vet clinic. It was amazing. 50 cents, I bet. That was good. Uh yeah, he okay. pulled me he's like we need to talk to you. And I I go in and it's never good. He's like you've been here 3 months and the probationary period is over. And um and I'm like, oh my God, like what is happening? And he's like, <laughs> we're going to give you a raise. And I was like, really? Okay. Didn't think that's the way this was going. <laughs> totally thought I was going to get fired. I've been in this, the, the office of the owner before. And he's like, yeah, we're going to take you from uh, $10 to ten fifty. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> you were exactly right. And I was like, okay, hold on. Let me do the math. If that is fit, if I work eight hours a day, that's four dollars a day extra you're giving me 
Four dollars a day. So no Starbucks for you. <laughs> Duncan, that's Dunkin' Donuts money right there. <laughs> I mean, I can't even afford Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I uh, that was funny because I didn't know some. I didn't know the timeline of some of that. Obviously, I knew the story, but I didn't know the timeline. I didn't know the Darius well, Rucker story. That getting, was a new one. Uh, yeah, are you Hootie? Yeah, that's him. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's funny. All right, everybody. Well, there you got some serious stories here today. <laughs> you want to oh know a little God. background to ten years? There it is. And I do hope we're here for another few. Uh, you know, let's hope. Uh, you need to put a post up about hell if you want to hear some some extra. Then you need to listen you, to you, this link. Yeah, you need to definitely. Uh, yeah, we need to put a post. Why don't you put a post in uh, the auditor room and tell them they have to listen to the post show today? And no, uh, because it's all about me. Then I'd look like an <coughs> asshole. Like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll put in there that me. they're you know they got to listen for a little a little hootie in the post show. <laughs> Are you hootie? <laughs> There you go. All right. TMI, you learned too much about me. Now you have to be killed. Yeah. 10 years later, you're still here. Hey, if you want to know me. more about Jamie, listen in tomorrow as okay. we have her audition tape from the original time 10 years ago. That's going to be good, you guys. It's going to be spectacular. I haven't listened to it. It was probably awful. I don't know. Yes, you won't be listening to it. <laughs> That'd be me. Thank you very much. Make Enjoy sure Chad listens in. He, he was part of that. He was, thought it was absolutely ridiculous. So He was like, okay, this is the stupidest thing. <laughs> you're quitting a, a paying job. Like At least you're getting paid, and you're going to go, and you're going to do a pod. Like, what the hell is a podcast, yeah. number one? And number two, you're going to do it about horses Every day, oh my it god! It was fun to talk to him a little. I miss talking to Chad every once in a while. We got to get him on the post show every once in a while. He's fun to talk to. All right, everybody, we'll see. I'm done. I'm tired. All right, bye. <laughs>